You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Muscle Memory still wants me to say what I used to say there, but I cannot. Uh, before we dive into the show, I do want to thank Ohioverse everyone for being our sponsor again today. That is Ohio VS everyone today. I have talked about why I like this. I have talked about Matt, who's over there and runs the Indian side of things, and why uh, I think he is such a fantastic author and why he does such a great job as a writer. Nobody knows the history, the in-depth history of the Indians as well as Matt does. So go check out Ohioverse everyone today. Go see some of the great Indians content. Go see. You know, any of your favorite Ohio sport teams, you can go find an Ohio versus everyone. I'm sure Matt, uh, Matt Bretz, you can find him on Twitter, is going to have some great pieces tomorrow about the Indians clinching the playoffs. And, of course, that's going to be one of our primary things we talk about on the show today. But uh, make sure to go check out Ohio versus everyone and see what Matt has to say. So the Indians clinch, and we actually have a ton to talk about because after I recorded and posted the show, the announcement was made about uh, how the Indians are setting up the rotation for the playoffs which led to Cal Quantrell coming out to uh, to be the starter in today's game. All of that and the innate changes that occurred that uh, caused Quantrell to move into that position as they're trying to set themselves up to have Bieber pitch game one, it looks like, and to then have Plesak pitch game two. And I think probably from there, you're looking at uh, Carrasco for game three with... Savali and uh, McKenzie moving as bullpen arms for this team, which, I mean, they might need. It was another rough go by Phil Maton today. Uh, it's not been an ideal run for him uh, over these last few games. But let's get into the positives. Let's get into the good uh, for the Cleveland Indians today. Yes, I mean, the big good is, of course, they're in the playoffs. It is guaranteed they are in, they're set. And once you get to the playoffs... Uh, anything can happen, and they do have the best pitcher in baseball. They have the best pitcher on the planet. Uh, we'll see how they're able to leverage that. Uh, Plesak has been unbelievable this year as well. Carrasco has pitched really well over the past few weeks. It's a 1-2-3 that no one wants to face in that three-game series. If you have a three-game series, you don't want to face the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they are not the team you want to open up against, and right now... Uh, they are set to face this White Sox team, as we talked about on the show yesterday. But even when this team has to go beyond their typical starters, which they did today, it's kind of crazy that Cal Quantrell, when you think about his addition to this team, you know, he was not even remotely considered one of the top parts of their Clevenger deal. Uh, he maybe got some more run because big name, familiar name, former high draft pick, but it was pretty clear that Gabriel Arias was the centerpiece. I argued Joey Cantillo was the second or third piece. Naylor was then the second or third piece. And then you're looking at Owen Dew and um, uh, Quantrell is that like fourth and fifth piece in this deal. And what he did today was just phenomenal, being asked to go out and pitch four innings, one hit, one walk, four strikeouts. I don't know why he got pulled. I would like to hear the explanation of why he uh, he got pulled from this game. He only had 38 pitches through four innings. Why not let him go out a little bit longer? Uh, he, he had been pretty much untouched by this White Sox team. Uh, it had been a while for Plutko, Plutko, I should say, I think. And uh, 
you know, he gave up one run in three innings. I'm not going to castigate the guy over one run. It was a one nothing game. Indians offense had not been there until the, you know, the, the until extras, basically. Uh, we talked about Maiton's issue. And, you know, who's there in the end? It's, uh, it's Jose Ramirez yet again hitting his 18th or, no, 17th home run of the night. Jose Abreu hit his 19th. That moves Ramirez into all by, unless someone else who had 16 hit a home run tonight. There's uh, from three to nine, all of those players were tied to 16 home runs. Jose Ramirez goes up to 17. Jose Abreu goes up to 19. I mean, Ramirez is making a late push and a late case for MVP. Uh, a really strong year, but what he has done over the last month is going to make it a lot easier for him to, at least it should make him a lot easier to get uh, get some votes and to rise up that board. I still see him getting left off some people's ballots or some tweets going up without him. Uh, to me, that's just a sign of people who are not paying attention. It's not hard to go to fan graphs and click on home run rate. It's not hard to go and click on war. If I, I had home run in front of me just so I could see where he compared it, I click on war. Guess what? Number one in baseball. Like that might be valuable. That might be something that uh, that tells a story there that's worth checking out. Jose Ramirez, uh, higher war than Tatis Jr., Freddie Freeman, Jose Abreu. Uh, positional value is higher than a first baseman. I mean, Jose Abreu is having a career year, but uh, Jose Ramirez is having an MVP season, and. There's, you know, not too much more you re- I really need to say to defend him. This is White Sox team, though, is interesting to switch gears. You look into what they threw in this game, and yes, some of the young players let them down, but Colome, their closer, has been great all year. Uh, Crochet is likely going to be a reliever in my mind, but he has a chance to be an explosive reliever as a lefty with those two pitches and the velocity he is able to generate. Uh, he's definitely someone to watch. Uh, Foster and Hewer or Hauer um, are two guys to watch as well, just in terms of high upside arms. This Chicago bullpen is full of interesting young arms. Now they're lacking starters, and their minor league system has been a little bit tapped at this point in time. If I were to go click on their roster resource page, they've graduated almost everyone, it feels like, but uh, Andrew Vaughn. And he should be, if I mean, they just, their offense has been so good, they don't have a place for him now, or I'm sure he would have been caught up already because they've pushed everyone else through. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion being that DH, I mean, they'd be better with Abreu at DH and Vaughn at first. And then if you're like, if you're a fan of theirs, right now I go and I look at their top 10 uh, on fan graphs. Vaughn, Kopech, who opted out of this year. Uh, Madrigal, who's up. Crochet, who's up. Hewer, who's up. We already talked about Dane Dunning, who started yesterday. Jared Kelly, uh, I wasn't as big on him as other people in this draft were. We'll see if I end up right or wrong in my assessment. Jonathan Stever, I've always been a big fan of. Uh, that is, he's an interesting potential starter, I think. Uh, don't sleep on him as a prospect. People have been sleeping on him since his Indiana days. And he just keeps making people look foolish. There's some Zach Gallen, I think, in that profile to me in terms of someone who's going to outperform. And Zach Birdie has always been an electric arm. Big question is health. But, you know, just going through that list, I mean, what, five of the ten have already graduated? So for as good as their minors have been for a long time, it hasn't – they're they're graduated. This is a team that kind of what you see is what you get to a, to a degree – 
there's not going to be more waves of talent coming. It's a good minor league system. It's a very good minor league system, but they have definitely pushed it this year. And the question's more going to be, can they go out and buy some more talent? Because they're not going to be able to promote from within. The, the, the young talent has hit the majors, and I don't think you can have a problem with that. <laughs> they have a good chance to win the division. So obviously they made some good choices, and they built well. And uh, while the Indians beat them today, White Sox have had a utterly fantastic season. But tonight is the Indians' night, and they are in the postseason. Our sponsor today is Indeed.com. You've heard me talk about Indeed before on the show. And what Indeed is going to do is bring the best candidates to your job. Uh, the Indians could use Indeed right now to find some outfielders. With the postseason up nearly upon us, uh, the Indians could certainly look for some help. And if you are looking for help yourself for your job, then Indeed is the site to go. It is the number one job site in the world because it gets you the best people fast. You have full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, no long-term contracts. And they have a lot of tools like the sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. So I feel like there's not too much else to talk about in the game today. Again, fantastic that they won. Great performance. Jose Ramirez is really putting the uh, touches on an MVP season, making him impossible to look past. Uh, Quantrell, utterly unbelievable. I don't know why he was left in, wasn't left in, and I don't know why they went to Maiden. Those are really my only two quibbles with this one. But uh, yeah, uh, Cesar Hernandez with his third home run of the year. I didn't talk about that. Didn't get into the nitty gritty. Let's, uh, instead of getting into the nitty gritty, let's get into the Indians submitted their taxi squad for the remainder of 2020, which is in addition to who's currently on their 28-man roster. It basically gives them 40 players if multiple players were to come down with COVID and or uh, injuries. These are the additional players who could be called up to help the Cleveland Indians. I thought it was guys who had been on the Major League roster this year were eligible, but I must be wrong because there's multiple players who did not pitch or play in the big leagues this year. Pitchers, six uh, players, Logan Allen, Adam Simber, Sam Hentges, Dominic Leon, Scott Moss, Kyle Nelson. Moss, Hentges, neither of those guys had pitched in the bigs this year. I feel like if they needed an arm, Simber is likely the first guy they would call up just based on what we have seen this year with the Cleveland Indians. Position players. Jake Bowers, Ernie Clement, Daniel Johnson, Domingo Santana, Bo Taylor, Bradley Zimmer, because they need a fourth catcher. You know, in case one of those catchers goes, if if one of those catchers went down, if one of them got hurt and handed Bo Taylor to the roster, I would scream. I, I have to be honest. You need two catcher injuries to add Bo Taylor. That's bad enough they're carrying three catchers right now to begin with. Uh, Zimmer, I think, is a, an interesting add. Honestly, at this point in time, with as bad as center field's been, like, I kind of forgot about Bradley Zimmer. It, between him and Daniel Johnson, I mean, neither of them can be worse than what Mercado's giving you. And we often forget that like Bradley Zimmer, at points, looked like just a phenomenal defensive center fielder. Uh, because you have Domingo Santana, Daniel Johnson, Jake Bowers, and Bradley Zimmer, that's why no Kaye Tom. Uh, Ernie Clement is kind of the go-everywhere utility guy. I would argue that Owen Du is a better player than him, 
But if you have to add Ernie Clement to your roster, uh, you can probably take him off your 40-man and low chance of him getting claimed because the profile is very marginal. He just doesn't bring... He does a lot of things at a 40 or 45 grade and doesn't do a lot of things at average. Uh, can play multiple positions, but he's a guy you can... You know, outside of Daniel Johnson amongst these hitters uh, and Bradley Zimmer, I think the other guys are ones that uh, if you had to pass them through waivers and they get claimed, you're not super upset about it. That's kind of my view on how they went about this. But honestly, when you look at this team, I'm like, you know what? I would rather have Bowers, Johnson, or Bradley Zimmer over a third catcher. It just boggles my mind. That's going to be my hill to die on. The thing I do not get about the Cleveland Indians and the way things are put together. So let's, uh, let's go back now and dive into my predictions for the series. Kyle Quantrell versus Ronaldo Lopez. I would have probably considered that a push game. Uh, I don't think I would have really, because Lopez has not been good this year. Quantrell was an unknown. Tomorrow, Bieber versus Giolito, that uh, advantage Indians. And Plesak versus Keuchel. Uh, I would give advantage Indian. So Keiko's better than I've been giving him credit for in some of the talks. He's definitely had a rebound year this year for the White Sox. He's one of those guys who's going to get what they call down the ballot love for the Cy Young. Like he'll probably get a few fourths or fifths and end up like somewhere around ninth or tenth in the overall voting. Uh, so that it's interesting because I mean that's if the Indians and White Sox make it. Wednesday's game is what Game One would be. Thursday's game is what Game Two would be in terms of pitching. Now, Tristan McKenzie is going to stay the Friday starter, which was, or is going to be now the Friday starter. That surprised me a little bit because originally Carrasco was supposed to be the Friday starter. I don't think uh, McKenzie is someone they would throw into the postseason. I would be shocked if it is not Carrasco in Game 3. He's going to start Saturday. And then Sunday, uh, Savali is pitching against, you know, we talked about, gave JT Brubaker some love before, former University of Akron great. And I don't want to dive too much into Brubaker now. We'll save that for the Pirates preview later this week. But he should get some Rookie of the Year love. I'll leave it at that. He's been better than uh, he's gotten credit for. His name has not come up. And the National League race is nowhere near as good as the American League race. Uh, Is it Cronworth out in San Diego? Has cooled down immensely over the last month and allowed a few others to kind of get some talk. But it's like you look at the American League where there are the three big bats. And then sometimes people forget about former Indian Justice Sheffield, who's had a really strong season, and Karen Chalk, and just more names keep popping up. Whereas, I mean, National League is not as strong of a group. Brubaker's had a, a strong year. It's odd to look at this Pirates team, though, and also see, like, Friday is, is Mitch Keller, who did have a strong game last time out. Has a negative war this year. Like, remember when the Pirates could not miss in terms of pitcher development? And... You know, they trade away Glasnow and he becomes a success. Mitch Keller has just struggled to get over. Uh, It's not been the case. It was interesting to see that they called up a prospect uh, this week, or this week today, I should say, or when you're listening, yesterday, with, you know, less than a week left, that they're going out and making those moves, adding Jared Olivier, who was one of their top 10 prospects, more like a back-end top 10 guy, but still, they went out and added him, even though uh, the season's nearly done and the Indians have been so terrified of adding prospects to this team this year. They've kind of punted the year. I mean, those guys are sitting out there at the uh, developmental site, but in a full, if this had been a regular season, Nolan Jones is on the postseason squad. I feel 100% confident in saying that, but because we have this shortened season and the Indians could 
mess of service time even more than normal, uh, those guys aren't getting the call-up. They're not getting that opportunity this year, and it's kind of a shame. And it's just weird to see the Pirates uh, going out and making moves and calling up prospects and the Indians uh, not being willing to do the same. So I got a question as I'm sitting here uh, from uh, DB D.E.B. Sice and, and Andy, who helps me with some of my pronunciation foibles and miscues. Uh, if you have to take Maiden or Plutko for the last spot of the bullpen in round one, who are you taking? It's a good question. Um, because, you know, Plutko a year ago was actually looked like an okay number five, and there was a lot of value in that. He, he certainly struggled this year. Maiden has the, I mean, his advance, he doesn't get hit hard, and the advance numbers are really high on him, but he's been very hittable of late. It, this might be crazy with his down on Phil Maiden as I've been, but I'm taking him. I just think that, uh, you know, Putko is so limited in what he is and what he can do, and you're already taking two other starter types, likely, and moving them into your bullpen. Uh, Maiden. Hopefully, it means you're seeing less of him; that he becomes more of an emergency guy for the postseason. But I think he's got better overall stuff, so I would lean into him between those two. But it's a good question. <laughs> Crazy as it is, after all of my negativity, that yes, I'm saying no, I would take him. But again, uh, you know, there's the three big arms in the pen right now with Hand, Karen Chalk, and Wickren, and then you're adding probably Savali and McKenzie, who can come out and pitch. And, uh, you know, you want to leave Oliver Perez, I would go before him. Uh, Quantrell has looked really, you know, good at points for the Cleveland Indians. All of those guys would be options first. Uh, I don't love, and again, I understand tonight is a situation where you're having your bullpen pitch a game, but they got seven innings out of two of their relievers. Like, they got a decent amount of innings out of uh, some, some players in there, and it almost felt like since the Indians, I don't know, when you're throwing him, Phil Maiden, in that situation, I was like, do they just not think they're going to win this one? Like, that was my thought process at the time. And then watching him struggle, yes, it's only one earned run, but uh, that would have likely come across uh, anyways, even in a typical situation. But in spite of that negativity, um, I think, you know, it's just, it's ceiling. Which pitcher can give me more when they are right? And that is what Maiden can give you more than... Uh, Plutko can give you. I really wish Plutko could have pitched a little bit better. I mean, there were points last year where people were, were coming up with trades for like Clint Frazier uh, for Plutko, and those were Yankees fans coming up with that trade idea, not Indians fans. And that's just one of those things where it's like, man, the, the value in a fifth starter and the inability for teams to find fifth starters, it's just that's where the Indians can make hay, to, to use an oldie, an old time expression. They can make a lot of hay by turning out mid and back end starters and then trading them. And we talked about this rotation is set for a lot of years right now. We fast forwarded to 2024 in one of the podcasts due to a question, and everyone but Carrasco is signed till then. So uh, the Indians are set. And then you talk about someone like Quantrell, who could be turned into a starter. You talk about some of those prospects who are inching up the prospect uh, line. Guys like Ethan Hankins, who would have spent some time in Double A this year, just gives you more assets and stuff like that. And speaking of Clint Frazier, I mean, I was wrong just some time there. If you haven't had a chance, boy, what a season he has had in his 34-game call-up for the Yankees. 
really seems to have settled in, gotten comfortable. And you look at why has you been successful this year, just to go through and talk about that, the walk rate's up. That was when he was successful in the minors. That is when he was successful with the Cleveland Indians when he turned a corner and high in double-A was the walk rate was over 10%. It's 15% right now in the majors. That is big. That is when that kid is successful. He is doing it. And he has been just great for the Yankees with, uh, with some of their injury issues. So if the Indians were to, at some point, run into the Yankees in the postseason, uh, they would be seeing Clint Frazier. And, and that's part of the fun. I think if you're like me, you're probably checking the Reds every night to see how they're doing. They lost uh, is last night. Just seeing what teams, uh, what former Indians are going to be in this crazy postseason, who's out there, who's positioning, who's uh, setting themselves up. For next year, I'm kind of shocked by the Mets when you go back, uh, even though they don't have former Indians. Remember when I talked about like the team leading in all those offensive categories, and it was the Mets, and that's a team who's not even in the playoff hunt this late? How about the Nationals, who are currently on pace to have a top-five pick in what's going to be the best draft in recent memory? It, there's going to be so much to talk about this offseason. Uh, that was the other thing we didn't really get a chance to dive into, but they announced that the draft is going to be based off of this year's record. So... Again, that's the Nationals uh, picking fifth. That's right now. Texas is has the first overall pick. I'm gonna go to good old Tankathon and see what the, how everything is lining up. It's a, a great site for such things uh, to look at. That oh, Pittsburgh has regained the top spot uh, for the number one overall pick. Then Texas, Boston, Arizona, Kansas City has passed Washington because Washington has now won four in a row. Detroit, Baltimore, Los Angeles Angels. Seattle, Colorado, New York. If you're curious what that means, Cleveland is currently picking 20th in next year's draft uh, because Houston forfeits their first rounder. They would be 21st, but instead they are 20th in the draft. Uh, currently, see, uh, St. Louis is the only team that's just, you know, is the team ahead of them, and there's a significant gap. So 20th is probably as well as the Indians could pick. Uh, if you don't really care about positioning at this point in time, they have a the Cubs are game beyond them, so they could fall back a bit, could go forward a bit. We'll see. Uh, the Yankees are also a game behind them, and then two games back, Atlanta and Minnesota for that. And again, something we'll get into in the off season, and people don't care about now. But next year's draft uh, should be the greatest single draft of anyone's lifetime because of all the talent that wasn't able to be drafted uh, this year. So that's just something to keep in the back of your mind as we discuss uh, these teams, who's bad and who's not. And if you're the Cleveland Indians, seven feels like a pretty good spot to be in this postseason, especially if you get the White Sox, a team you've dominated all year, and you're going to get a higher draft pick in a super deep class. And, you know, they had the extra first rounder this year, so they get the extra second rounder next year. Not quite as valuable uh, as having that extra first. But... Yeah, there's there's things to pay attention to. There's wheels and wheels and the announcement that, like, yes, the draft's going to be based 100% on this season and not some kind of combination. That's a big win for, like, Texas. A huge win for that team uh, when you look at the top of this draft class. A huge win for Arizona. I, I mean, Arizona already has phenomenal minors. A big win for a Boston team that has a terrible minors. Uh, you know, Washington is a team that's been wrecked, and they're going to have that high pick. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what these teams do, but it's going to be a really good draft class. And I I mean, I'm me. So if I was going to run extra, of course I had to get some draft hidden here at the end. In addition, at the end, 
I'm recording in yet another new locale, so let me know how it sounded. I have finally achieved the dream. I am podcasting in a basement, so living up to the ideal and what uh, everyone aspires to. Uh, it's not my mother's basement. It is my own basement, but uh, just in terms of space, that's where I'm podcasting from now, so let me know how it sounded. I hope you enjoyed the show today. We were all over the place, but uh, Indians are in the postseason. From there, who knows? You've already got the Cy Young in the bank. I mean, it would take something ridiculous for Bieber to not win that with his final start tomorrow. And I mean, Jose Ramirez tonight might have put the capper on an MVP season. It's the type of game, the type of walk-off win to clinch that just helps that narrative that when you are uh, a Cleveland Indian, a franchise that hasn't had an MVP since 53, uh, and and they should have. I mean, Albert Bell should have definitely won the year uh, Mo Vaughn won. There's no doubt about that you sometimes need a little bit of narrative and they got that tonight so yeah uh mvp jose ramirez cy young shane bieber that should happen i'm just gonna say that that's not being a homer you're looking at the number one hitter in terms of fwar and number one pitcher in terms of fwar so that should be those award winners this year i have been jeff ellis uh i'm going to pause because i'm a man of my word and i also want to take time to thank uh, Grepez, G-R-E-P-E, with three Zs for giving me five stars and saying great podcast on iTunes. So uh, I promised I'd say that, and I, again, man of my words, so I want to thank everyone who does leave a review because it means so much for this show. Rating, reviewing, downloading, all of that, I can't thank you enough. You and the fan base in general is what allows the show to continue to grow and get better. I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. And as always, go Tribe!